coming up tonight, just when you think we've escaped the clutches of Bond, he's back. We're talking Bond 25 in an all-updates episode where we're uh, continuing Bond a little bit, but then we're going to move on, update you on the movie league and a few other things. It's going to be a lot of fun. An all-updates episode starts right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 148, recorded May 30th, 2019. Follow-ups, updates, and the latest news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Up for Debate. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the uh, by, by the man who's always on the latest news. He's always on top of it. Uh, I try to be. I guess we're, this is the update. Up for, de- up for updates. Up for, up, de- for update. up for date? Uh, yeah. Up for updates. We're always up for dates. Dates are great. Uh, I prefer figs, but dates are also pretty solid. I prefer going out, getting some drinks, maybe seeing a movie. Mm-hmm. Good dates. And have it, having some dates. Having dates on your dates. Having dates on your dates. Date squared. Indeed. Yeah. Uh-uh. So we're going to update some uh, a, lo- a couple of things. We've got – this is a, a smorgasbord of updates today. Yeah, and we're definitely starting with a Bond cooldown, I think is how I yeah. would describe it. Matt, I did the math, so you didn't have to. We did 25, technically, Bond movies. It took us three months, and we spoke for over 16 hours Wow! on those movies. <laughs> it's insane. That's a lot of that's a lot of time. We that's a lot of time. We on, uh, broke Bond movies. We broke our record for longest episode three consecutive weeks. We had a lot to say. Uh, we, I mean, I this is one of I'll I'll admit it freely on this program. This is one of the few times where I took a lot of very diligent notes about a specific topic, and, and we had a lot of things to discuss, a lot of talking points. Uh, I know it's a lot of time, but I highly, I do highly recommend if you missed any of those episodes to go back and have a listen um, to any of our five episodes. How many did it come out to? Uh, I think it Four, was. I think it was eight. Six, eight. Okay, any of those eight episodes on on James Bond um, and the James Bond films. I, I thought they were really good. I thought oh, they, they were, were they were some of the some of the best things we've ever done. Not just in this podcast, but in our in our, in lives. our whole lives. Probably the best yeah. things we'll ever do. Um, yeah. And then we do have to I, give yeah. a a big thank you to Colby who joined us for two of those episodes. He was a treat um, to have on and participating with us. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We'll we'll certainly do more uh, presents series in the future for sure. I think that's a working franchise for us. But Matt, we didn't talk about what's next for Bond. What is next for Bond? Dun, 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 Bond 25, the next that's, film in the franchise. That's what's next, yeah. It's coming. Uh, yeah, let's break down what we know about Bond 25. Uh, starting with, this is officially Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond. He's confirmed. There was even a question if he'd even come back for this movie, uh, but he decided to play Bond one more time. Um, saying for certain it will be his last time playing the character. Yeah. Um, was he the? Did he give a specific quote? But didn't he say something about he would rather be cut apart by shards of glass than do another Bond movie or something like that? Yeah, and then later he said playing 007 was the best job in the world. So I think it's one of those things, you know. And we'll talk about this a little later. But Daniel Craig is notorious for getting injured 
Every movie he shot as Bond, he's gotten injured in some way. So it's not an easy movie. These aren't easy movies to make. So I can imagine right after shooting them, you're probably tired of doing it. No, and and actually that's a that's a pretty um that's a pretty diligent point that is made in the book that um I've been reading is the source material, the some kind of hero, the yes. story of 007. Uh nearly yeah, nearly every actor in the book has some kind of like injury story or um hardship that they face while while playing it. They, I think Roger Moore, you know, in an interview said basically that this is an extremely taxing job. He didn't know if he was going to come back after the spy who loved me because he said it it was so it's just so physically taxing. Uh, you have to do. I mean, even even if you're not doing the majority of your own stunts, even if you have a, a stunt person, mm-hmm. you're still you have to be on set, on call, constantly traveling to various exotic locations. And you're not going there to lounge around on a beach like you're going there to film. And once Bond Mania took off, you know, you had droves of people that were interrupting your your shoots to try to get a picture with you, autograph, whatever. Uh, yeah, these are, I mean, they're physically taxing job. It's a physically taxing job to be Bond. It's, it's, it's tough to be Bond. Yeah, well, we'll even, I guess now's a good time to bring up that Daniel Craig did sustain an injury shooting Bond 25 um, back in May while performing a stunt in Jamaica. Uh, he had to undergo minor ankle surgery. Um, it isn't expected, it is not expected to delay the uh, release of the film when it does come out. Yeah. That'll be one of those fun things that we can point to and be like, oh, that was the scene. Well, that was, when it comes out, we can be like, that's that's where you hurt his ankle. That's the famous thing with the, the last Mission Impossible film um, where I think it was it his ankle um, that Tom Cruise like shattered his ankle in a scene. And that's the shot they used in the movie yeah. um, of him actually smashing his leg. It happens a fair amount in movies. I, one of the most famous examples in, in Django Unchained. Right with DiCaprio, and he he slams his fist on the table and unintentionally splits his hand open uh, on a piece of glass or something, and he rubs uh, he rubs the blood on um, the actress that that's in the movie. I forgot her name, mm. but she plays Gunthilda, and it's his actual blood that he's smearing all over her face. It's it was one of those like gross accidents that happens that they leave them in the movies. They leave them in the shot. Yep. Um, authentic, I guess. Yeah, well, if you have so. the footage, might as well use it, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to find out if uh, when they were filming World Is Not Enough, if Brosnan actually hurt his arm filming that, you know, when he when he jump, he falls off the parachute in the opening sequence. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a real, real energy. It looked very realistic, at yeah. least. And I they thought. wrote it into the movie. Hmm. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it didn't make sense in the movie, so it, that well, exactly, would... <laughs> that's exactly it. It really didn't play a role otherwise. So I would, I'm, I'm actually pretty confident now that it was probably a real injury that he sustained. They were like, "How are we going to fit?" Okay, well, yeah, we'll, he can't be in an arm we'll sling the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it really played. It played no, it played no um, matter into the plot. Like it didn't matter at all, and it was, it was just merely referenced, and he was. I think he was actually pretty much fine for like ninety percent of the movie. Yeah. It was just the beginning. So. Well, it and I referenced this plenty in the present series, but um, nothing bumps me out more than a broken Bond. I like to see Bond kicking ass, not being old and beat up. 
Yeah. This, it bumps me out about Craig a little bit because he tends to lean in that direction sometimes. Um, but uh, especially in uh, the first half of Skyfall. Mm. Anyway, uh, Bond 25, we do know a little bit about the plot. Here's the synopsis, Matt. Bond has left active service and is, and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto a trail of a mysterious villain armed with a dangerous new technology. And that's all we know. That's all we know. This would have been a perfect time for Spectre. Like, Spectre could, well... Here's what I think. Here are my thoughts. Okay. So they, they covered Spectre in the last episode, or the last movie, so we know it's it's not, most likely not going to be him again. But, I mean, you, you probably see where I'm going with this. It's, very, it's, not, it's, not, that, it's not that hard to, to parse out. You've got Jamaica. You've got a scientist. You've got a supervillain a mysterious mysterious supervillain i think this is a doctor no reboot that's a terrible idea but i i agree with you it's plausible but what a garbage idea i think that it's a pretty good idea i think it's it's an interest it's an interesting i wouldn't say good but it's interesting you can give me that it's an interesting idea no it's not we don't have to They're reboot everything doctor matt no, no well, don't Sean, everybody's out of ideas. Nobody has creative ideas anymore. We're we're done with ideas. But I'd ideas rather have work. I'd rather have a shitty original idea than a shitty reboot. Well, I'll say that I thought that the the Casino Royale reboot, the reboot of the franchise, was excellent. I but thought that was, it was the one whole of the, one of the best reboots. I agree, but that's the done. whole. But also, the reboot of Spectre was a disaster. <laughs> okay. So, Okay. You know, again, I think Spectre would have been a better movie if it wasn't Blofeld. But that was, it was just a reboot of a character, though. But that's what I'm saying. So don't it do that with Dr. No. I don't really care if it's a similar plot to Dr. No, because we famously saw that. Well, I guess Never Say Never Again isn't really canon, but we saw that and Thunderball essentially have the same plot, and they are two different movies. I don't mind if it's Dr. No esque in its structure. You cannot call the villain Dr. No. You can't. I'm sorry. How about, how about Dr. Yes? That, okay. If, if, it was like, if it was like Mr. Yes, I would be like, okay, that's <laughs> actually Mr. <funny."> yes. <laughs> that sounds like a clue a character. Title. It does. It does. Um, but yeah, I, I, the reason I thought Spectre didn't work was that it was, it was a reboot of a character with a totally original uh, plot that was bad. The, the whole the plot that they rebooted was a bad plot didn't make a lot of sense I would argue that Spectre was bar- himself was barely really featured in the movie he was just kind of he was really like they set it up to be like this big reveal that nobody saw coming but everybody really saw it coming if you have more than three brain cells you saw it coming it was it was the it was there in Star Trek into darkness where everybody's all like Ooh, you don't know who this guy is. You don't know who this guy, and everybody already knows that it's Khan. Like, but um, I think that I, I, I mean, not saying if it's bad or good yet. I, I'll reserve judgment until we, until the trailer comes out. We can kind of get a better look at it. But that's my prediction. I think the rebooting it's a good prediction. Doctor No. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a that's, solid that's prediction. I, I think it's just going to be interesting to me because the last four Daniel Craig movies all tied into each other. And it's going to be curious how they approach it in the fifth one. From the synopsis and what we know so far, it sounds like it's totally unrelated. Bond is retired and he's on vacation, and he just happens to stumble on some bad stuff, thanks to Felix. 
I'm just curious if they somehow try and if Vesper Lind somehow comes up again. God forbid we ever let her finally die. Um, you know, all of a sudden it's Quantum or it's Spectre or it's some nonsense from his past. Um, I hope that's not the case. Uh-huh. I genuinely would like to see a, and I guess Casino Royale was kind of this. I want to see a standalone Daniel Craig James Bond movie. I don't think you're going to get one here, but I will say, I think that you'll, you may get your wish about Vesper Lind. Cause I think enough time has passed where a lot of people are going to watch this. And, and if Vesper was mentioned too much or too, like too often, they'd be, they would probably have amnesia. Man, How that was long like has a it decade. been? It's been like a decade. Right. It's been a really long yeah. time since the last Bond. So I think that they're probably going to be like, who? What? So I think this will be more of a standalone. If it, it Vesper might be mentioned like once, loosely. She might be like Dr. Knows, Dr. Yes's former lover or something. My- or Dr. I think that Dr. Yes slash no will be part of the quantum organization, though. Or no. slash the Spectre organization. I love that we disagree. I yeah. I think the negative critical response to Spectre will lead the organization... Because you also have to remember, this is Daniel Craig's last movie. And they pretty much buttoned up all the loose ends in Spectre. And in Skyfall to some degree. Um, and the franchise has the... Now is the time to hit the reset button. You don't have to go back to that because you ended it. Spectre is dead. You killed Blofeld. Good job. I think this is the movie where they finally give it the reset. And they don't talk about anything that happened in the previous movies. That's that's so my prediction. Bond it, just has amnesia. He's on a beach. No, but he's Bond. Retired. It's like the old movies, right? Roger Moore never talked about the things that happened in the movie before. Oh, uh, you know, Sean Connery. Oh, remember that time I, I went to to Japan and pretended to be Asian? No, he doesn't bring up things that happened in the past. Oh, remember that time? Roger Moore, remember that time I went to friggin' space? No. <laughs> Shot lasers? Yes, and, all of us, and then we just never have laser guns again. <laughs> never has lasers again. No. That, it's oh. just, that's how it used to work, and I miss that. I miss the standalone movie, and I think they're finally going to do with this one. That's my prediction. Okay. I, I think that but I love your prediction too. It wouldn't surprise me. So my my main my core prediction is that this is going to be a reboot of Doctor No. The, I don't think it'll tie in like closely with Spectre. Like it's not going to take. A, it won't be like a Quantum of Solace situation where it just picks up when the previous one ends. It will. I think it will very much be its own its own thing. It'll very much be its own movie. But there, I think there might be traces because it would be weird because this would be the only Craig. To not have any kind of trace to a previous film, Casino Royale. Besides Casino Royale, that was the first one, and that so was a great one. Couldn't really, it was, it was arguably the best you one. Know, we, we had no idea who Le Chiffre was. We we had you know we no idea who Vesper Lind was. You know everything was fresh. Here's what I think. I think they're going to hold the Doctor No reveal till the end. Oh God, don't do that. I think I think it's going to be the don't same situation that. where there's like some kind of rumors of like a horrible beast or something on an island because most of the like the the true bond like the diehard bond fans will get it from the start and they'll be like oh it's doctor no but a lot of these new bond fans will have no idea so yeah, that's but, why they, that's why yeah. i'm saying they can they can totally get away with the reboot doctor no was 50 years ago right nobody yeah. wants this no it doesn't matter i don't what even think want. bond fans it doesn't matter that. what they want right. it matters it matters with the the true the true bond like the real like the Devoted Bond fans will be like, no, oh, oh, wow, Rem- yeah, remember that? Oh, like, yeah. oh, they'll be interested, they'll be intrigued. Yeah, remember how now uh, the, 
Remember how the hard Trek, uh, the hardcore Star Trek fans felt with the con reveal and Into Darkness? They well, loved it. They, oh wait, well, they, they did. They screwed it up in the trailer because they they pretty much revealed that it was true. The trailers ruined it. It was right. like our pre our pre show conversation. How the trailers ruin everything these days? That was a bad trailer. Yes, the trailers of of Into Darkness totally flubbed the reveal that that con was in the movie, but um. I, I think it's it's just enough fan service where it's going to be like the you know the the devotees will be like oh okay like this is cool you got to remember that a lot of the the true Bond fans are over the hill like old, they're they're like old now like, that's true young people do this, not care about James for, Bond for, yeah for many of them this this is, might be like the last Bond movie they ever see it's depressing to think about but it, it might be like they can they'll, they'll They'll remember this one and be like, "Oh, oh, like Doctor No, it's like come, it's come full circle, okay." And now I can go sweetly into that good night. Hopefully, not the character good night. Yeah, not no. <laughs> Doctor Good Night. No, nobody wants that. Um, Matt, let's talk a little bit more about um, Bond Twenty Five. We do yeah. know a number of actors are returning. Ralph. Fines, Ralph Fines. Ralph Fines, yes. Is returning as M. Naomi Harris will return as Eve Moneypenny. Ben Whitshaw as Q. And even Jeffrey Wright, yay, is back to play Felix Leiter. Hopefully he'll have something to do in this movie. We haven't seen him since Quantum of Solace. And interestingly enough, uh, Leia Seydoux is back as Dr. Madeline Swan, who you remember as the love interest from Spectre. Now, we don't know uh, quite how much involvement she'll have in the movie, whether she's killed off in the first five minutes or is in the whole thing. We don't know. Uh, fun fact, uh, Matt, it's the first time since 63 a Bond girl has appeared in more than one movie. Hmm. That would be Sylvia Trench, who appeared in Dr. No and its sequel from Russia with Love. Yes, right, right. Huh. Um, also, in terms of casting, we know Rami Malek will be playing the villain. Maybe Dr. No, who knows? Um... All we know I, is he's described as, as I said, a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. We don't really know any more than that. I'm so convinced now that it is Dr. No. You have no idea how convinced. Like, because in the, I think in the, in the book, Dr. No was actually, Rami Malik, I, I, I believe is from India. I could be wrong. It might be from Pakistan. Is that region of the world. And Doctor, the original Doctor No, the character in the book, I think was. Oh boy, now that I think about it, he might he might have been Chinese. I thought he was from India. No, oh, no, he's very yeah. Asian. Yeah, well, it's yeah the 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 original. Oh, in, in the book, yeah, yeah, book, yeah. Uh anyway, I I I I think that this this kind of lends itself to possibly even more speculation slash confirmation that this is in fact Dr. No. I gotta say I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced now. Mm. I'm pretty convinced. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not gonna disagree with you. When is the movie set to come out? The movie's set to come out April twenty twenty. Okay. So we've got a little bit less than a year. Yes. To speculate on that. But, yeah, I would say, I would say that, that's, that's my, that's my prediction. That's, that's my prediction. I think everything has kind of fallen into, it's, it's, it's fallen into place where you've got Jamaica, you've got da, da Felix Leiter, 
You've got Bond trying to finally enjoy his retirement in Jamaica where Dr. No took place. It just seems like they're going to make a Dr. No reboot. And it might be good. Who knows? Maybe it'll be really good. Maybe they won't screw it up like uh, Into Darkness did by giving away everything in the trailer. I, you know, big, big reveal at least. Like, I think I think they'll do. I think they'll be smart with it because they were very smart with with Casino Royale. So, Matt, I'll give you a, a very quick bit. I know you're excited for this. A very quick bit of trivia. Okay. Rami Malek won the Oscar last year for Bohemian Rhapsody. Can you name the other Oscar-winning Bond villains? How many are there? Uh, I think it's like four or five. Wow. I'll check uh, them off as we go through. Putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Oh, well, the... okay. So it's got to be uh, Christoph Waltz. Yep. Uh, it's Yeah, he... Um... He's definitely an Oscar winner. Um, oh, uh, it's got to be also um, Sean Bean. Has Sean Bean won an Oscar? I don't know. I'm gonna double Maybe, check that. I don't think that's he's right. Probably won something. I mean, he should. Oh, he's been he's been in so many movies. I I figured some somewhere he'd get Awards. an Oscar. Here we Maybe go. Not. I'm just trying to think of actors who've been in other things. He won the Phoenix Film Critics Society Award. That's not and an the Oscar. online Film Critics Society Award. These don't sound real. The Phoenix one sounds pretty cool, though. He won an international Emmy. I don't know what that is. Mm. And he was nominated for a People's Choice Award, but no, he's never won. He's never I heard won we were Oscar. we've been nominated for an international Emmy. He sounds fake enough to <laughs> me. <laughs> we're gonna play that sound clip when we uh, when we accept the award. Yeah, sounds fake enough. Our fake to me. award. Nope. Um, I am I'm, I'm out of I'm out of guesses now. Oh, I, don't know I mean, at this point, you really just have to think of to the think the 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 most famous people to play right. a Bond villain. Oh, um, who played Electra Electra King in World Is Not Enough? Sophie Mercow, who I definitely no. don't think no. Um, I, I will, thought she was someone famous, more famous. I will save us from. Yeah, look this it pain. up. Um, it was uh, uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, how did I miss him? And yes, I'm trying. One. I'm trying to figure out if Christopher Lee ever won an Oscar. Oh God, yes, yes, he must have. Wow, I missed the two most obvious. He, like must easily. I don't know. Did he? Damn. Wow, I can't believe I got Christopher go. Waltz. Awards and nomination. Missed. No, believe it or not, he's never won an Oscar. However, he did win the MTV Movie Award for Best Fight in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. That is, that's tragic. And he won a that's Teen actually, Choice Award for Alice in Wonderland. Might be the saddest thing I've I've heard all week. Sean, do you think? Do you think Christopher, Christopher Lee never won an Oscar? Do you think he went to the Teen Choice Awards or he just accepted it remotely? I think he said what and threw <laughs> the invitation out. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think he's I incredible. Think, I, I, I can't yeah. believe he never won an Oscar. I agree. Wow. I agree. I now I think those are the, I believe those are the only actors who have so done it. Christoph Waltz and someone uh, may correct me. Mads Mikkelsen definitely hasn't won one, though he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. I anyway. think that uh, Nick Knack 
should should have won an Oscar. Oh yeah, well, or at least an Emmy for on uh, Fantasy Island. Yeah, Deplane, Deplane. Okay, um, let's see other things we know about Bond Twenty Five. Carrie Joji Fukunaga is in the director seat. Uh, it was originally going to be Danny Boyle, who you may know from Train Spying, Slumdog Millionaire, but he dropped out. Um, Carrie uh, directed uh, Beasts of No Nation. Uh, he did the first season of True Detective. Um, and created the Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, uh, Netflix program, Maniac. So um, he also has a writing credit on Bond 25, along with a couple other writers. Um, filming is already underway. And as I said, it's set to be released in April uh, April 8th, 2020. Uh, it comes five years after Spectre, which came out in 2015. Uh, the biggest gap between two Bond movies since 95, um, between License to Kill and Goldeneye. Mm. it's interesting that craig is coming back for one more i would have thought that with the time the time gap this would be a a good time to but then again that kind of lends more credence to the dr no theory that does it to me it just i mean you have you have to remember they got sean connery back for one more and he was he was really done yes well they they offered him lots of money well and i'm sure daniel craig was the same way yeah. Offer him a lot of money, and I'm sure they tried to make it an easy shoot on him as much as possible. But like you said, no one cares about Bond anymore. So it, like they, I think they could have easily ch- changed a different I, – I don't know. Maybe that's hard to do. And they've also probably been filming for a while. But um, let, me give, let me give you this little challenge. Can you name the uh, – oh, they don't have this adjusted – Oh, adjusted for inflation. Okay, adjusted for inflation, Matt. Can you name the top five grossing James Bond movies? Oh, we're going to play that game. Yep. Uh, I mean, wow. I'll tell you, well, if you don't adjust for inflation, it's Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Solace, and Casino Royale. All the recent ones. Oh, Spectre obvious, grossed yeah. $200 million. Yeah, yeah. But you know? And that movie was not good. You have to also keep in mind, like, is that domestic or worldwide? Domestic. Yeah, oh. I can tell you worldwide, Skyfall did over a billion worldwide. Spectre sure. did 880. So, yeah, yeah they're going to keep it's making these time. things. Yeah. It's a different time from when they were made. Adjusted from in, adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Uh, Goldfinger? That's number two. Okay. That would be about um, $600 million in today's dollars. Right. That was the height of Bond mania. Yeah, Breakout. so the number one shouldn't surprise you. Thunderball? Thunderball. Yeah, yep. Thunderball was the number one. Okay. And then number three is Skyfall. Nice. And then after that, You Only Live Twice and Moonraker. The lowest grossing adjusted for inflation is License to Kill. Yeah, that's a shame because I thought that was one of the better ones. It just was – timing is everything with these movies, Sean. Timing is everything. Yep. Um, It just wasn't a – it wasn't a time for Bond movies and yep. – and, now, I don't think anybody. I don't think people were that excited about Dalton, and in in the role. I don't think he. I don't think that um for that uh, Living Daylights really shattered people's minds. I think that people enjoyed it. I think it was an enjoyable film, but I think a lackluster, not per, not performance by Dalton. Nothing nothing wrong with that, but I think the other cast surrounding him left people wanting a bit. Well, but it was that same thing we talked about. When we did that movie, which was, you know, it's 
it was those movies came out at a time when cinema was at its highest peak and was competing against a lot of similar movies. On the same weekend, License to Kill came out. It opened number four. Ahead of it was Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know? Right. I mean, we're talking big movies. Yeah. We, I mean, that, that dead whole decade, yeah, I mean, you saw some incredible things. Some incredible, arguably some of the best modern action films well, ever. Certainly like, in terms of just simply making money. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the box office was flowing at this point. It was huge. And so yeah. I'm not surprised they didn't do well. The, the the Bond name didn't mean as much if it didn't have Schwarzenegger or Stallone or, you know, yeah. Mel Gibson or any of these big names in it. Timothy Dalton is nobody. And this the was this was, was a time where up. it was dominated by names. Yeah, the bar was set. The bar was set too high, too high for Bond. But it is a shame because that, that was definitely one of the better action bond bond films yeah one of the better hey, one of the better bond films period i i, I spoke my love of timothy dalton so yeah. you don't have to convince me um all right matt uh the only thing i'm much about bond 25 is bond 25 obviously is not the name it is a working title uh of the film uh, they i don't know if they've explicitly said they will definitely change it like a hundred percent but it's it's generally believed that it is just a working title um any thoughts on on what the what the name of this is Bond twenty five a good name? Imagine if they don't change the title. Imagine Bond twenty five. I mean, it's catchy. Bond twenty five. Insert subtitle here. Oh yeah, you definitely need the colon. Like yeah. Bond twenty five colon Bond's back. Bond's back. We guess. I don't know. You, you can see it. I don't know. What do I think that they'll pick as a name? I'm I'm trying for some reason I'm I'm thinking I'm going I'm I'm hard hard pursuing this Doctor No reboot theory. And I'm trying to look back into the original Doctor No film for like clue, context clues. Yep. So like for example, what what were some like little subtle things didn't like did it have a code did dr no's facility have like a code name or something or yeah he was on an island crab key i don't think that that'll be it okay. i don't think crab key will be the, will be the matter of fact i i very much doubt that they'll even bring the name back it'll be called something completely different yeah, you're probably right um but the word key might might feature in the title you never know it might be like golden key or something or so scarlet key i'm i'm it's looking like sherlock holmes but yeah i'm looking at ian fleming's novels and short stories they've used pretty much all the names of the stuff he wrote yeah there's a couple left that they you know the property of a lady the hildebrand rarity we talked about a few of these i don't think they would use them um no, they don't they don't make good but uh, titles. let me pitch you some post-Fleming James Bond novel titles. There were not Bond novels post-Fleming. Oh yeah, they've had a bunch of people write them. There've been really? like over oh well over a dozen. Wow. And then I think they're still. Coming I got out. some summer reading to do. Oh yeah, there's like a. <laughs> let me see when the last. Yeah, the last one came out in May of 2017. So they're still writing them. Hmm. And then, wow. then they did a young Bond novel series. Damn. I mean, it's not surprising. I shouldn't be surprised because it's, I mean, it's a fictional character. They, they do, they do spinoff novels all the time. I was more surprised that they had acquired the rights to do that. Well, that I don't, oh, the book rights. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just seems like those those book rights would be under lock and key long after Fleming's well, death. Well, I know, but whoever the you know the Fleming family or whoever yeah, owns the rights, money. I mean, they're making money. Yeah, no one's buying the old books. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, and I don't know if they have the movie rights to use any of these titles or anything. But here are a few of them: um, Icebreaker. Uh, it doesn't seem like a good name for a movie that's set in, in Jamaica. Jamaica. Okay, nobody lives forever. That sounds like a confusing title. Well, it sounds a lot like I always hated how they did Tomorrow Never Dies and Die Another Day. Yeah. So I don't think we need a Nobody Lives Forever. I think it just kind of sounds too. Oh, how about this? This this has to be it. Win, lose or die. <laughs> that's that's kind of great. That sounds like a. it would be like in the, the, the commercial for the video game. Win, lose, or die in Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yep. What was the original working title for Tomorrow Never Dies? Remember we talked about how there was a typo? Oh, yeah, It was yeah, not yeah. Tomorrow Never. It was supposed to be um, Tomorrow Never Wins or something like that. Tomorrow? They, uh, no, hang on. That's not right. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow Never Lies. Yeah. I just read it. It's I, Tomorrow I Never Lies. I'll have to go back to the tape. Tomorrow Never Lies. Right. Yes. Okay. I, my Skype skipped at the exact mm. moment, I think, when you, when you said it. It's Tomorrow Never Lies. Okay. Yep. Um, imagine if they had screwed up on that in other Bond titles. Like, imagine if in, instead of The World Is Not Enough, The World Is Enough. The World Is Enough. That actually could work, <laughs> though. The World Is, is enough. enough. I'm I'm quite happy with the world it's uh we've got death is forever um death is forever high time to kill which one high time to kill i don't like that title oh okay this is i love some trigger mortis like rigor mortis right yeah that that sounds hokey. That sounds you. like it would be. It would absolutely oh, fit more. It would the Roger the later Roger Moore era of campy Bond. Oh, how uh, about see? Now these are starting to sound like Goosebumps books because it's like heads you die. Yeah, that is a very Goosebumps title. Well, if, if you notice the Daniel Craig movies, besides Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, I guess had was two, but it's very short. Mm, the titles are super short. Skyfall. Spectre. Well, there there is a James Bond book called Solo, but I think that'd be confusing. Yeah, because of the Star Wars movie. Oh, they already did that. Yeah. <sighs> There's also one just called Cold. Cold? Oh, oh, Cold, which is actually a society, the children of last days. Oh, so it's like a cult? Yeah, I guess. Man, this wow. Bond lore. See, Matt, now we have to go read all the books. We yeah. did the movies. I, I I smell a new book club coming around. We're oh, never no. going to be done with Bond, Sean. I feel sick. This is now the Bond the Bond cast. What a bad idea that would be. <laughs> oh, my God. No more Bond ever again. Uh, so that's a We're scoop Bond. We're going to start wearing tuxedos on our show. I'm not going to do that. Gosh, I I don't know. I, it's hard to guess titles, but I, my prediction is that it's going to be one or two words. Yeah, it's going to be like a quick little it's catchy, catchy thing. Well, what's the no what's the a, long on Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service is the longest title. Yes, for sure. 
And then by letters, is Dr. No the shortest? Yeah, has to be. Nothing else can be short. No. No. Yeah. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, Well, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll definitely go see Bond 25 and talk about it on the show. Yeah. We'll have to try and make Um, a point to maybe see it together. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. So we'll, we'll, I already, I already put it on the calendar. So excellent. Speaking of movies, Matt. Yep. We're going to, speaking of movies, we're going to wrap up Bond officially. It's done. No more Bond. Shut it down. Uh, I don't know about that. You you know, never say never (laughs) again. Never say never again. Right. Um, but we have to talk about the movie league now, Matt. This is this is a fun fact I didn't know until we I was prepping for this episode. Do you know the last non-bond episode we did? It was the God. movie draft. It's been so long ago. Was it really the it movie was, draft? That's oh. all we've done is bond since the movie draft. <laughs> and so we haven't had a chance to update anyone on how the players are doing and how the movies are doing. So let's go ahead and dive in, and we'll do a little analysis and talk about what we think is going at the box office and what we expect for the rest of the summer. Um, I guess I'll just start by talking about how the teams are doing, and then we can get into the individual movies. We're about halfway through the summer at this point. Um, in last place, Movie Ball, Dan and Sarah, they've got just $64 million, uh, but they have two big movies left, Men in Black International and Toy Story 4. Above them, the Mac Daddies, Kaylee and Brian, they have $174 million, uh, and they have a big movie left, The Lion King. Above them, Colby and Emily, uh, 191. Uh, and they have some big movies left as well. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Above them, in third place, Mystery Team, James and Matt, $334 million. They have a lot of movies left. I would argue none of them are particularly big. Maybe Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's getting a lot of buzz, so they're kind of a question mark. In second place, uh, we go a big jump, $646 million. It's the Cooper Troopers, Mike and Laura. Uh, they've pretty much released most of their big movies at this point. Secret Life of Pets 2 still remains. Question mark on how that'll do. And in number one, Matt, you'll like to hear this. With $837 million, it's Mether Strikes Back. He- uh, Heather and Matt, their movies are basically done at this point. Just Dark Phoenix left. All of their money essentially coming from Avengers Endgame um, in first right now. Early thoughts, Matt. Yeah. Um, Sean, I think we've got this. Mm. I'd like to say we're probably approaching the end game of this tournament, this uh, contest. I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, I think our strategy has paid off, and uh, we'll just see. We'll just see how how it goes from here on out. Um, how I've spoken to Heather; she's very excited about our uh, our results. Obviously, very impressive. And and we'll see. We'll just go ahead and see how uh, how the rest of this plays out. You know, I I um going in, I thought that Avengers was going to be wildly successful, and it and it sure has record breaking uh, successful. I think as the more that we do these things, the more you kind of see patterns start to emerge. Um, and the you know it kind of informs the the picks that you make. So we'll have to see. We'll keep watching it. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Uh, you know, I think we should kind of go through some of the the highlights of uh, the movies we've done so far. We've already gotten through 16 of our 30 movies are logged in the sheet here. Uh, starting with Captain Marvel, which I give a lot of credit to Gooper Troopers at 31 bucks. That's actually a pretty good bargain for a $425 million movie. 
Um, really, that movie should have gone closer to the $40 range. So I think they got a good bargain on that, and that's kind of why they're hanging out in second at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, sometimes it is important to kind of spread your, I guess, sp- spread the portfolio, however you want to say that, like uh, diversify your movie choices. But sometimes you just got to go big or go home. Well, no one ever, no one ever did bad owning a Marvel movie. And the interesting thing about Captain Marvel is it's the sixth highest grossing movie in the MCU, but above it are four Avengers movies and Black Panther. So, you know, you can argue that's a really strong performance for a Marvel movie. And they only paid 31 bucks for it. So yep. kudos to them. Um, I'm going to skip a couple here. Us, uh, another great purchase by Akuna Matata, $174 million for the horror film from Jordan Peele. They only paid 19 bucks for it. Uh, a solid purchase there. That's going to end up being one of the higher movies of uh, this summer, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was another breakout success. Um, definitely, if, if I had some cash left over, It'd be one to that would be one to look at. You know, it's hard because it was only the third movie in the in the in the draft, and I think people were still trying to figure out their strategies a bit. And and I think one lesson I would encourage people to learn as we move into the winter draft is don't be afraid to buy movies early. I think people I think that's why you get Captain Marvel at thirty one and us at nineteen. I think pe- you always find better values in the first couple movies because people are waiting to spend their money. Yeah, you know. Yeah, some people try to play it a little too conservative. And uh, they they try to hold hold it too close to their vests. You know, you if you run out of movie, uh, um, if you run out of auction money a third of the way in, and you bought the right movies, you can win. You know, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with being aggressive. That's you know, sure. if you could put it this way, you could have bought in our draft Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, spent under a hundred dollars, and blown everybody out of the water. All right. Well, that's just it. It's it's you gotta be you have to be strategic when you're when you're purchasing these movies and yeah. and really think about your strategy before you, you go in. Yep. Um up after that, Dumbo, uh hundred and twelve million bought by the mystery team for eleven bucks, a solid value for them. Uh but let's talk about the Disney live action adaptations. Three of them this summer. Aladdin just came out in its opening four day weekend because it was Memorial Day. It also did one twelve, so it'll outgross Dumbo in the following weeks, probably settling in the 150 to 200 range. Uh, it is, at this moment, the seventh highest grossing Disney live-action remake, um, and way down on the list. Um, both movies did not do well, comparatively, um, with the other live-action remakes, Matt. Um, and we have The Lion King coming later in the summer. Any any thoughts on these? I did not see any of the Disney remakes, Um nor do I really plan on seeing any of them. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't incorporate them into my strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was mainly because they are c- kind of competing against each other in a way where it's like, it's hard to choose one because it's, I mean, how many people are so devoted that they're going to go see ever? I mean, I guess there are, people out there that would go and and take their kids right to every single one but it's tough with kids movies i think it's always tough with kids movies because yes you get you get the double ticket because it's you know parent and child going to see this Mm -hmm. but you also run the risk of it i think there's more of a risk of a total flop 
um, especially when there are other kids' movies competing against them. And this seems to be a very heavy, heavy summer for, for that kind of movie. And I think there's going to be some oversaturation in the market. Well, and I think, to be honest, uh, these live-action movies, they straddle the line between kids' movies and adults' movies. Like, the animated version is so much more approachable than kids, rather than this sort of visually darker CGI goop movies that they're putting out. They just put out today, I don't know if you saw them, they put out today the posters, the character posters for The Lion King. And it's a goddamn lion. It's just a lion. It's just a regular old lion. It's weird. I'm like, who wants that? Nobody wants that. And that's what's confusing to me is I don't know who these movies are for because I think if you're a diehard Aladdin fan, you've seen the movie a hundred times. I don't know what the appeal is to go see this. If you're somebody who's never seen Aladdin, you'll probably just go watch the original. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of entering like a, like uncharted territory a little bit with these, uh, these live action remakes of, of beloved children's cartoons. It's uh yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's not my Lion King, but it kind of is in a way. It's like that's okay. This is a, a, a rep- representation. This is like a rendition of a beloved mo- like kids movie. But I don't know if I don't know if the modern audiences respond in the same way. I, I think that, like you said, I think they're better off just with the straight up animation. Well, and and I'm not anti remake. I should be very clear. Ghostbusters, right? Whether you loved or you hated the reboot they did, it was different. They the the foundations were the same and the in jokes were there, but it was a different movie. You can't make the exact same movie again and expect people to get excited about it. It was a novelty when Beauty and the Beast came out. People were already getting tired by the time these are coming out. Yeah. You know, the Jungle Book was a was a, a technological success. People were like, "How do you do this?" And by the time the Lion King comes out, it's like, "Oh, great, you did it again." Whoop de doo. Right, like like we said before, it's oversaturation. It just seems <laughs> like they're oversaturating their idea. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I guess another thing that they seem to do is they try to throw a lot of famous people in the movie. Like yep. name recognition, name yep. recognition is pretty is pretty big for these Disney movies, yep. um, these Disney reboots, and I think they're they're hedging their bets on the parents being like, oh look, you know, Elton John is in the Lion King. Well, he's he made this music. Yeah, but, but Will Smith and Aladdin. What's his name? Obviously. Will Smith is in Aladdin, and and in Beyonce a movie with no other celebrities in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's name recognition. Yeah, it just seems like it's uh, it's like. That's where they're hedging their bets on the parents. Well, okay, well, I'll be entertained because I'll get to see Will Smith play a genie. And I'll bring my kid to see it because it's a Disney movie and we can go see it together. I think they're they're really banking on that. But I, I just don't think there's going to be as many people that are going to do that as they think. I agree. And, and, you know, the thing that baffled me absolutely the most is that Dumbo and Aladdin. Aladdin will end up making more money, but not a ton more money. There was no promotion of Dumbo, and certainly not in the way Aladdin was promoted, which was everywhere. You could not escape Aladdin. I was watching the damn NBA playoffs, and they had a commercial (laughs) with Steph Curry where he finds a lamp. Yeah. I mean, it was... Huge promotion. Oh, my God. It was everywhere, and Dumbo was nowhere. It was like they were trying to bury that movie, and it's ironic to me that they're going to make similar amounts of money. 
Well, I think they were afraid with Dumbo, to be honest, because it was it's Tim Burton. Oh, it's weird. And and it was a little weird, right? And 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 he also made Alice in Wonderland, which was a failure, pretty much. Well, but a commercial, a huge commercial success. Com- a com- commercial, well, yeah, commercial success, but like. It's not a movie that a lot of people still talk about today, I think. No, but, you know, it made more than a lot. Was it really a commercial success, Sean? Can you believe it, Matt? 334 million domestic. It made more than Aladdin and Dumbo combined. Why did it not seem that way? You know what it was? It was it, that was when 3D first started, and everyone saw it in 3D. And je- that's why Avatar will always uh, be the highest grossing movie uh, ever. It's because it's that extra 3D money, that extra uh, three, four was, bucks a ticket. The, the old carnival sale, the old carnival barker pitch. Yep. The, okay. Come and this see was it in 3D. really, yeah. This this movie they pushed the 3D hard because it was literally, I think, the same that year explained. as Avatar. Yes. Yes. Everybody was doing that. Oh, God, that was awful. Yep. That was a dark time. Oh, my God. I remember, and they were post-converting them, and they looked bad. And God, everything was bad about them. What thank, a what a horrible, horrible Thank goodness time. that isn't a thing anymore. Um, God, I love, now I love when people watch Avatar on, like, regular television. On, like, cable. Like, this, yeah. This sucks. Like, <laughs> just turn this off. Like, yeah. Well, good news, Matt. Oh, they're making five oh. more of them. Yeah, I love that. It's going to fail hard. Um... Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to The Lion King. Yeah. Um, And it'll be especially interesting because that is, you know, the Mac Daddies, it's going to be nearly impossible for them to catch up. But if Lion King does four or 500, maybe, I don't know. I I don't think it can, I don't think, I mean, the highest grossing Disney live action film was Beauty and the Beast. It did 500 and it'll, I don't think it'll get even close. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Sitting at first. Well, um, some other moment. Some other movies we're talking about here: Shazam, one hundred thirty-eight million, uh, brought by the Mystery Team for twelve bucks. Again, it didn't gross a lot, but they also didn't spend a lot on it. It is the lowest-grossing movie in the DC Extended Universe, um, right behind Justice League, which was the second lowest. One hundred thirty-eight, not a great amount for that movie. No, Bare, barely. I would be. I they probably broke even on it. The studio at that price. Yeah. And the only reason they were able to do that is because there really weren't any big stars in it. Zachary Levi, maybe, but there really weren't any other big stars to pay. Um, So the budget was probably under a hundred million, but definitely not a good outcome for DC on that. Um, Let's see what other movies do we want to talk about? Uh, Detective Pikachu, 120 million. Did you see Detective Pikachu? I haven't seen any movies this. Have you seen any movies this summer? Uh, any of the ones on the list? I saw yeah. Endgame. You didn't see okay. Endgame? I did not see Endgame. I have not seen That's... the last Marvel movie I saw was Black Panther. I haven't seen any oh. since. All right. Then what? Then, then okay. I thought I thought you had seen Infinity War. I was like, no. how can you go this long without seeing Endgame? I'm tired on Marvel. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I, I To be honest, when I got out of Endgame, my, first, my initial reaction, which still sticks with me today, is that I'm done with Marvel. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I was like, okay, I saw this. I fulfilled my obligation. Like now, now I can take a nice long break. I could be like, I could be just like Thanos at the end of Infinity War and just chill out. And that'll be like, fascinating right. to see how that impacts Spider-Man uh, at the end of the summer. Yeah, like I don't, I don't feel any pressure, especially since I'm, I'm fairly confident they'll all be on Netflix someday. Like, well, they're all going to be on Netflix Disney Plus. And Disney, yeah, when Disney Plus comes out, uh, I won't, the, I'm not going to get fall. Disney Plus. I don't well, care. Five ninety nine a month, Matt. 
Are, are you trying to sell me on no, GameStop or something? We talked about it on Don't Panic. It, it is an interesting idea that they're undercutting the competition on price. They're going to have a huge library of Marvel movies, Disney movie, Pixar movies, original TV programs. Um, and at five ninety nine, it is it is an interesting. It's a dream for parents. Let me tell you, if I were a parent, I would absolutely consider getting it. It is a steal at five ninety nine a month, yep. uh, and you you can control the content much better than you ever could on Netflix. Oh yeah, you have parental guides, but with Disney, there's no need for that. Everything on there is Disney Disney owned and operated. You know, it's going to be kid friendly. I think it's a great idea. I yep. would, like I said, if I had kids, absolutely. Oh, they'll make a zillion totally dollars. Buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Detective Pikachu. Yeah. 122 million, um, um, solid for yeah. for a movie not from a, it's the second highest grossing video game adaptation of all time. Yeah, I I actually heard it was a decent movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it is on my list. I haven't heard anything bad. I want to get out there soon to 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 see it. But yeah, I've I've actually heard some really positive things about Detective Pikachu. Do you know the number one highest grossing video game adaptation movie of all time? I knew you were going to ask me that. Yeah. Uh, it's okay to say you don't know something, Matt. That's how you learn. Well, I'm going to guess it. You Go know, for I can't, it. I can't let it go. I'll I gotta, say right I gotta below, at least get a guess. I will say number three right below Detective Pikachu is the Angry Birds movie. Oh, God. What a... It's a video game movie. I don't make the rules. That's a movie. Uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Is that, um, does that count? No, because I think they, it has to be based on an existing franchise. Uh, okay, so in other words, that the game came first and then they yes. made a movie. Okay. Yep. Um, I'll also say Super Mario Brothers ranks 28th on this list. Nice. Okay. That um, That's number one in my heart. Remember Max Payne? Yeah. That's not number one, is it? No, but I just forgot okay. that was a movie. I do, and I remember the game. Um I remember. I think I got in trouble for renting that game, or, or my my mom it a, rented it and didn't it know what it was about. It was not appropriate for children. Was, no, no, it was not. It's a it good was, game, though. It was it was pretty disturbing, but yeah, it was fun. Um, oh, okay, all right. Resident Evil. That is a good guess, but no. Uh, well, they've made Can't like eight the... Resident Evils. The best grossing Resident okay. Evil is number nine on this list. It wasn't one of the Final Fantasy no. movies. No. The the other movies that aren't number one, Mortal Kombat, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Rampage, Assassin's Creed, Warcraft, Need for Speed. Remember Need for Speed? Yeah. With Aaron Paul? Right, right. The original Resident Evil is number 20 on this list. Street Fighter? Give me the era. It was released. Game came out. That the game or the movie? The game. Uh, 90s. This is a 90s era game. Yeah. So this is probably like Super Nintendo. Late 90s. Okay. Oh, late 90s. Okay. The movie came out in 2001. Chronicles of Riddick. Was that a video game? It was. Well, it's not it was on this list. a little list. known video game. Uh, they're not counting it, unfortunately. Okay. okay. And this might have um, outgrossed it anyway. All right. We're taking gonna, very long on I'm this. I'm going to have to give up. I'm going to have to give up here. Oh, you're going to be mad when you didn't guess it. Let, let, let me give you another clue. Female lead. Oh, Tomb Raider. Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Croft. 131 million released yeah. in 2001. I was thinking the wrong platform. I was thinking Nintendo. No. She was Sony. So that was a PlayStation yep. title. All right. Yep. So there you go. Okay. Anyway, that was distracting. Um, That was a good movie. Did you ever see that with Angelina Jolie? 
I've seen like bits and pieces of it. It was I've good. Seen, I've seen like bits and I pieces. I saw it in theaters for some reason, but it was a, it was a good movie. I thought it was all right. What I remember, the Angry Birds time. movie was fine. I did see that. Yeah, and I hear Assassin's Creed is like crazy. Like not that it's good it's or terrible. bad. I've heard it's just I, weird. I heard it was just straight up. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, because be, if I remember correctly, what I heard it's that all of the like Assassin's Creed action, like in the oh shit, what's the f- machine? I'm so mad I can't remember this. The Animus. Thank you. The stuff in the Animus is super cool, but it's only like ten minutes of the movie. Oh, and that's a lot of other dumb stuff. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I heard there was a fair amount of like techno babble. Oh yeah, like scientists just it's a lot of modern day stuff and stupid things. Mm-hmm. And they 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 try to do that a little bit in the beginning of the game, but that game gets so far up its own ass. And, and <sighs> aliens, <laughs> you remember and, it? Yeah, I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad about aliens and Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I remember playing the end of of uh, Assassin's Creed Two with you. Uh, Yes. I was like screaming. I was so mad. Because in the first game, I'm like, hey, you know what? This is an interesting idea. You can go in your DNA to the past, and they're using it to find a lost thing. Like, all right, I can buy this. Like, it's weird, but I can buy it. And it's like, aliens? What yep. is going on? They go, and I, w- I, wish I, had, I wish I had filmed your reaction. <sighs> Still mad because about that. Because that was like right before smartphones were a thing. But I would have loved to. You know, everybody's got reaction I videos so on YouTube. Uh, Sean's reaction to the end of AC2. When he finds out that there are aliens living oh under the God. Vatican. What is going on <laughs> with this game? All right. Um, I guess we should, before we look at future movies and how the rest of summers go, any thoughts on Avengers Endgame, Matt? I mean, it is the second highest grossing domestic movie of all time behind Force Awakens. Uh, and it is the second highest all time worldwide behind Avatar. Um, over 2.6 billion worldwide um, and domestically over 800 million. Good purchase. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was uh, going in. That was that was the idea that this was going to print money, and I think it did. I think you've officially changed. You know, a lot of people say Steph Curry play- changed how basketball is played with with the heavy use of the three and all this kind of stuff. I think Matt, you have changed how the movie league is played because when you look at Sarah, who won the previous summer after buying Infinity War, and you having likely won this year, having bought Endgame. I think the league is going to change. I think you're going to see more $90 purchases on the big movie and people just going all in on the couple big movies. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to get when we get to the end and we're all like scrapping around with $5, $6 bets on the, the little side piece movies. Because those side piece movies really do uh, some damage. They, well, that's they, they really could be the ones that put you under over the edge. Yeah. If, if there's a team that owns two movies, right? The big movie and some other small movie they picked up with their remaining dollars that leaves a lot of other movies for teams to buy. So it yeah. will upend the balance, but Endgame at $67 is going to be a top five value in the league. That's yeah. crazy. When you got it for 67, I was, I was like, that's an $80 movie. No problem. And at 67, right. I this is what will preview the winter, but two big movies this winter, Frozen 2 and Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker, those movies have got to go for $70, $80. Cause whoever owns one of those is gonna win the league. Yeah, you always have those kingpins that you know, but it's more so now than ever. When, when you look at the first year we did this league, I which I won, not you know, just saying. Um <laughs> I don't think I owned only- 
attempt. Yeah, I own, the biggest grossing movie that summer was I think around four hundred fifty million, which was uh, Finding Dory. This year we have an eight hundred million dollar movie. You know, I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. It is. It's the way that the way the cookie crumbles. We're going to be seeing say. a lot more blowouts, I think. Yeah, unfortunately. But if that gets to be the case, I mean, we've talked in the past about splitting movies. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Avengers 1 and Avengers 2 when we split the box office 50-50 and you bid for 50% of the profits, you know? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I mean... We're not there yet. Here's here's what I think, though. I think after this Star Wars movie, I'm going to make a bold claim. I don't think we'll see... For a while, I don't think... I don't know how long, but for a little while, I don't think we'll see another blockbuster game up ending movie quite like the Avengers and Star Wars phenomena. I don't know about that. I'm going to challenge that because I'll point out one thing to you, which is Deadpool is a good example. That movie was a phenomenon and it made a lot of money. I'll have to look up exactly how much. Well, isn't that a Marvel movie? Um, It's based on a Marvel character, but it's technically it's owned by Fox. Oh, I mean, that did 363 million, which is nothing to sneeze at. And that kicked off a round of R-rated superhero movies and, and R-rated comedies coming back in. And no, but nobody saw that coming. Hmm. So I yeah. think there'll always be something. I agree with you. What is Marvel the future? Is Star Wars the future? I don't know. And I agree. Star Wars has definitely taken a hit in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, with like Solo are getting and stuff. Weary. They're getting weary of Star Wars. And, and I don't think Rise of Skywalker will break any records, certainly. But... There will always be another big thing on the horizon, some kind of big franchise. I mean, the Hunger Games movies made a ton of money, or at least the first one or two did. So there'll always be something coming. The question is, what's next? I don't know what that is. Nor do I. I don't even know if Frozen 2 is going to be a big success, to be honest, because that was, there's a huge gap. The last one was like four years ago. It's an awfully big gap for kids' movie. We saw what happened with Lego Movie 2, where the first Lego movie was a huge success. And they're like, oh, man, the second one's going to be huge. And no one saw the second one. Right. That was a bust. You know, I I don't think it'll happen with Frozen, but it certainly could. So, you know, I I, I don't know. That's the question. What's next? What's the next MCU? What's the next? I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe it could be Bond. Maybe Bond will resurface. Bond is back. And this time he's different. Um, Matt, let's, uh, spend a little bit of time before we wrap up, uh, talking about the upcoming movies of the summer. Uh, some of the biggest ones still left to come out. Uh, you have, um, a movie coming out this coming week or uh, no, the following week, Dark Phoenix coming out in early June. I I know next to nothing about this movie. They've done a (laughs) staggeringly small amount of marketing for this movie. They are dumping this movie. (laughs) <laughs> they reshot it was supposed to come out last year and they had to reshoot the whole ending why because apparently the whole ending took place in space and they thought it was too similar to captain marvel okay so they reshot the whole ending to take place on earth this movie is being dumped so i would not expect for you to make this will be a 50 to 75 million dollar movie yeah i'll have to look and see what apocalypse made because apocalypse was bad um yeah apocalypse did 155 the lowest in the X-Men series did 132, so you're probably in the 100, 120. I think it'll probably be the lowest in the lowest in the, the X-Men franchise. Yeah, 
they, they really you're right they have they have kind of dumped this movie yeah. haven't marketed it at all it's so. not gonna do much for you uh we also have come a secret life of pets 2 which would be interesting because troopers really need that to do well if they want any chance of catching up with you um and the first secret life of pets you had in our very first movie league if you remember um and did very well it it did 368 million that summer which is huge yeah i don't think this new one will do quite that good but who knows I will say that they're they're doing a they're doing a considerable amount of marketing. They I would are. say those I illumination movies get a lot of attention. They are promoting it quite well. But so right now, Gooper Troopers is about two hundred million behind you, and I think Secret Life of Pets two could definitely do two hundred million. So the question is, what does Dark Phoenix do? Um, and then they also Gooper Troopers also have Shaft. So I don't think this is a slam dunk for you at this point. I really don't. No, I, and Aladdin's I, yeah, I, got more money left in it too. Aladdin's going to put up another thirty, forty. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it could be it could be close, but at this point, it would it, I think it would be an upset. I think it would be an upset to, to I, well to dethrone Mether. I don't I, but here let me put it this way, right? I think the money you make on Dark Phoenix will be canceled out by what's left in Aladdin, and they get from Shaft. We're we're riding pure on on Endgame. I know, but then what I'm saying is, so all they have is Secret Life of Pets 2 to beat you. And they're $200 million behind. That movie can definitely make $200 million. We'll have to wait and see. So I, I, I agree. I that would be a shocking conclusion. But you look at their lineup. Captain Marvel, John Wick 3, which did like one... I just had it in front of me here. Which just did 107, which is pretty big. Aladdin, which did over 100. Secret Life of Pets 2, which is going to do great. And chat. I mean, they have a good lineup. Got a good chance. Um, and also, I should point out Mystery Team, uh, which, as I'm going through the rest of the... They have three movies left. They have Yesterday, which is kind of a question mark. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a question mark. And Fast and the Furious uh, present Hobbs and Shaw, which is also a question mark. But you look at the Fast and the Furious franchise, and you're talking about, you know, the last couple all did over $200 million. Hmm. You know? And they're not that far behind. Yeah, we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see. A lot I mean, of big movies left. Do. Men yeah. of Black International, Toy Story Four is going to potentially be huge. Um, Spider Man, as we mentioned, Lion King, as we mentioned, um, it's certainly not over, Matt. Hmm. That's for sure. You don't like me saying that. <laughs> well, I, I I still think we're in the end game. You're feeling good. I'm feeling it. Yeah, I. I uh... I have I have I have confidence. I'm pretty confident. I'm not saying it's it's I'm not saying it's locked and and sealed to mix two metaphors, but uh, I think that I think that we'll we'll be fine. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. Well, let me put it this way. I will give you one last stat before we wrap up. Um, the last three leagues we did, winter and summer. Every one of them had a winner with over a billion dollars. You are not going to hit a billion dollars. Zero chance. There's just not enough money left. You're not going to hit a billion dollars. So that leaves a lot of other money out there for the other teams to have. So it's going to be close. No matter what happens. You just don't have enough money to blow them out. It is. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. And by the way, um, when I look at... No, I don't think anybody's really going to set a low record. Movie Ball, maybe, to only have 64 at this point, but they've got Men in Black and Toy Story 4. So I don't know if they'll set a low record. 
but who knows? We'll be keeping you updated uh, for the rest of the summer here on the program. And of course, you can get updated anytime at upfordebate.tv slash movies, get the full spreadsheet, see how all the movies are doing or how all the teams are doing. And of course, you can follow us at TV. We tweet out the score update every Monday. Matt, we're all caught up now. We are. We've recapped with this uh, recap episode of Up for Debate. Yeah, and now we're ready Feels for the second it. half of 2019. Yeah. Big things are ahead. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Big things. Huge so. things. Um, Huge. So folks are going to want to stick with us, of course. UpforDebate.tv is our website. You can get go there and get all the information, including where to subscribe to the show, anywhere you get podcasts, the video version on YouTube. And, of course, you can email us, UpforDebateTV at gmail.com. Ooh, that does it for us. No more two-hour episodes. We're, we're, we're keeping it short, <laughs> I promise. We're not going to do that to you. It's not fair. Some burnout. Yeah. You have better things to do with your life than listen to us blather on for two hours. Uh, so we'll cut it short here. But on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Appreciate it, as always. We'll see you next time for more great discussion on another Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.